0: Welcome back to the What The Folk Sunderland Preview podcast. Three defeats in three mean that Sunderland have slipped out of the playoff spots as we approach the weekend. But there's obviously a huge opportunity to jump straight back into them as we welcome Norwich City to the stadium light this weekend. And as always, we're here to preview the game this weekend. And I'm joined, as always, by the excellent Chris Reeve from Talk Norwich City. Chris,
1: um, how are you doing? You all right, mate? No, I'm not all right. Don't ask me how I am. It's, <laughs> it's absolutely dreadful. We are an absolute car crash of a team at the moment. And if Sunderland don't beat us at the Stadium of Light, then you guys have got serious issues because, and I know that we'll get into this, Graham. Sorry, I'm I'm ranty today. I'm, I'm (laughs) I'm I'm still angry. I'm still angry. Because Sunderland are excellent, in my opinion. Sunderland are excellent in attacking transitions. You've got Paddy Roberts out wide. You've got Jack Clark out wide who's the second-best midfielder in the league, to Gabriel Sarah. Um, <laughs> And we are so bad in defensive transitions. We are awful. Um, you'll o- you only need to look at Middlesbrough's second goal at Carrow Road um, from Tuesday night. S- stood off, stood off, stood off. Gave so much space. Um, so pedestrian, so passive, so slow. Uh, completely unstructured. As you can tell, Graham, things aren't going well.
0: (laughs) This is always my worry, though. Like, So you're a really good yardstick. You'll remember you got a bit of stick last year because you predicted a big win. But as did I, because you were playing well at the time. We were not. However, we had a Stoke fan last week that said everything was terrible. But when we had you and things were going well for Norwich, we ended up winning the game. When things are terrible and the opposition fan is unhappy, my listeners worry. The, The weird thing is, you know, last time we spoke, We've just been beaten um, three games in a row. We've been battered by Stoke City. Things didn't really... Well, they haven't changed at all. Um, although we didn't get battered this time. We've just lost to Stoke City. on the back of three defeats in a row. Whereas you were on a really good run. This time, as you just put out, it out, it's not the case. Um, what's kind of going on? You've lost three of your last four.
1: Um... Oh blimey! So it's, it's a it's a great question, a valid question, and one that would take me more than this podcast to answer in full. Um, there's so many fires on and off the pitch at Norwich City to put out, and um, I genuinely don't think it's reactionary based upon you know perhaps one or two disappointing results. Um, at Norwich City, there is uncertainty everywhere. There's uncertainty within the sporting director role. Stuart Weber is just, hand, well, he's about to hand it over to Ben Napa from Arsenal, um, which looks like a decent enough appointment, but we're not sure. But and anyway, there's uncertainty there. Dedia Smith, everyone will know her. She's still at the club, still has 40%, um, but is now a joint majority shareholder with the Athanasia Group from America. But again, there's uncertainty there of... You know, when when does that happen? Who says what? Who makes the decisions? And then you've got uncertainty at manager level because you've got David Wagner in the house, but we only gave him a 12-month rolling contract, which to me says we're not sure anyway. Um, and then on the pitch, you've got, uh, we, we're missing two strikers, uh, which I know Sunderland fans will understand the pain of that, um, in uh, Josh Sargent uh, and Ashley Barnes. They're major losses to us, but, you know, doesn't excuse the way that we're playing. So I think in general, we are just in this real sloppy, sluggish. It feels like we are drifting into a very dangerous place, to be honest with you, because there's almost like this lack of accountability, or at least it seems that so, Um, seems that way, sorry. So Norwich City find themselves in... A real sticky patch, dreadful run of form. Um, we actually had a really bad run towards the end of last season, uh, Graham. We we lost. Uh, we sorry. We won one uh, game in eleven at the end of last season, and now I think it's one game in. I think it might be seven, maybe. Um, I try. I'm trying to look to be honest with you. Norwich City um, are the the with a third worst at um expected goals in the league we've conceded the most goals in the league now as of Tuesday night um and you, you know you know Sundland fans are proper football fans Graham so you know they'll they'll understand this that you know even away from the stats there's the eye test and you can see and you can observe the the confidence the body language of the players you can look on the touchline and see what the head coach, the manager or, or his coaching staff, are how they're reacting to certain situations. How do you react to adversity on the pitch? You know, do you roll your sleeves up and do you get on with it? Or do you give up because you know it's going to go the same way as all those other results? So, yeah, it's Norwich find themselves in a really, really difficult situation now. And I would go as far as saying, so I, I posted after the after the loss to Middlesbrough, given the previous form before that, that the writing was on the wall now. And that's obviously with regards to David Wagner. I think he has to win this game to save his job, to be honest with you. um And I don't mean he's going to get sacked that night. Uh, I, I, I think that the board will then be like, it's definitely not right. And that might take some time to replace him, but I think the decision will be made on, on Saturday, should we not win against Sunderland um, or or maybe perhaps the, the following week against Blackburn. But the writing's on the wall, Graham, like it, it will be a walk in the park for you really. I, I try to pride myself on seeing the positives and, you know, being optimistic. But yeah, we're in a real, real sorry state. And this is a brilliant opportunity for Sunderland to, to get themselves back, back up um, again um, after some disappointing performances.
0: I always like to look at forums before sort of I do the preview shows. And I know like Twitter and forums are not always a barometer of, of anything really, but you get a general idea by how many threads are to how many people have mentioned a manager being under pressure. And I think, you know, I listened back to our last podcast and at the time Norwich had done really well. Like um Wagner had come in, in the January. I think we played in like the I want to say it was March or something like that. Um we turned up, turned your roll on nil, played quite well. Luko 9 kissed Sorensen. Um and then kind of went a bit south from and you touched on sort of previously how um, you struggled towards the back end of last season probably after that result you, you fell off a cliff a little bit he's yeah. only been there since January he's only had the one year contract you've kind of mentioned uh, you think this if he loses this game this could be curtains how much pressure is he under from the, the fan base as most of the fan base turned?
1: Uh, he's under tremendous pressure from the fan base tremendous pressure um, we've heard boos um, for the last two, three games, um, you know, I mean, let's dis- let's discount so, social media. Social media—it's so emotional and reactionary, anyway, so that you can't really take much sense from that. But in the stadium, where it really matters, fans are really unhappy, um, uh, and uh, and we we heard the first chance of, of "We want Wagner out" um, against Middlesbrough on Tuesday night um and i'm sure the sundown fans that are at stadium light will hear that um, much louder when you get the result of the weekend um i think i i, can't, I kind of feel for david Wagner. to be fair like i was saying this on obviously our, our talk nor a city podcast he is unfortunately going to be the full guy here uh, and it is a cutthroat results business i really like david Wagner as a person we interviewed him um he's a manager that i would want to that I would want to run through walls for because of how he manages his players. His man-to-man management is brilliant, but he just can't get this squad of players ticking consistently, Keyword: We have purple patches and then we fall off cliffs. Um, and so unfortunately for David, um, I do think the writing's on the wall, as I say already. Well,
0: dig into the last two games, You know, we lost um, Stoke and we lost to Leicester. Fair enough, Leicester. Leicester, Stoke's disappointing. But they were both away from home. Your last two games have been against Leeds and Middlesbrough, but they were both at home, which is where if you've been good this season, it it has been most likely at home. How did you perform in both those games? Because obviously 3-2, 2-1, and you were kind of out that Middlesbrough game long before you got the the one goal back.
1: Yeah. Well, Middlesbrough was... I've said it uh, already, Middlesbrough was an absolute car crash and don't let the scoreline 2-1 deceive you. Johnny Rowe, um, you know, it's an absolutely exceptional finish from Johnny Rowe. I think he's almost hit it through just anger um, and it's flown in the back of the net. It was a brilliant goal, but we were never, ever, ever getting anywhere near getting a draw out of that game. We were, you know, the the car was broken down and there was no way it was getting started. Um, against Leeds, we had a really good first half, really good uh, in terms of the scoreline. We were 2-0 up. Um, Leeds missed four or five glorious opportunities, glorious. And that's that's our problem. We give away too many big chances. And luckily for us, Leeds didn't have their shooting boots on in the first half. If not, it probably would have been similar to the 6-2 Plymouth result uh, that we had um, uh, earlier on in the season. So, and then at 60 minutes against Leeds, uh, Farker brings on some quality. Um, I say some quality, some some brilliant players, to be fair. And they just cut through us so easily. Our centre backs are so slow. Um, we're unstructured. We're really easy to break through. And so this is the thing for Sunderland, like this is why I'm so confident you'll get a result because even if it's a bit cagey because you've had a couple of you know disappointing results. I, I I think you'll get through it because it all it takes is just a period of being compact and organised, and your gaffer will see right through Norwich City. And in the second half, it'll be very simple for for Sunderland to go and get the winner. Also, as well to to give Sunderland praise, we're we're good friends and and we have him featuring on our channel a lot. We're good friends with Dean Ashton. Of course, former North City and also West Ham strikers, sadly struck by injury. And he was saying that Sunderland uh, looked like one hell of a team now. Um, when when he saw them against Leicester, I think you boys were actually unlucky in that game. Um, and that speaks huge volumes away at Leicester because they are the best team in this league by a country mile. So, yeah. And, and I also want to sort of say, as an aside, I don't want Sunderland fans to listen to this and be like, Oh, you know, he's just saying that to the, you know, you know, plant the seed, you know, to, to make it easy for him to take. When da, da, da. Honestly, seriously, I promise you, I normally do these previews and I'm a bit punchy and I'm a bit confident and I want to talk it into existence that will win. We've got no chance. It, honestly, it, if someone lose, you've got massive problems.
0: Looking at those two games as well, we've touched on defence a bit and you've touched on some of the reasons why. You said it before, you've conceded as many goals as QPR, which is the joint highest in the league. Now, I'm looking through the defense here and look, I live in Glasgow, so I find it quite funny that Shane Duffy's not doing too well, but in reality, he's not a bad defender. And the boy yeah. next to him, Gibson, I think is struggling for confidence, but used to be worth 20 plus million and, and was in the England squad once. So just why are Norwich conceding as, as many goals as you are?
1: Um, I think we I don't think we have a I don't think we have a clear plan. I don't think we have a clear plan at all. And even if we do have a plan, it disseminates, it crumbles, it capitulates. Um, and the players look so void of confidence that as soon as that first goal's goal goes in, it's it's game over. There's no hope of coming back. Um, you know, I think you're very right to say... You know, on paper, you'd look at Ben Gibson, very experienced defender, you know, same with Shane Duffy. He's played in the Premier League, albeit not a lot of games, but obviously was was in that Brighton squad, was in the Fulham squad too. So, you know, he's not a bad defender, plays internationally. Certainly you can't call him a bad defender. The problem with both of those players is the system that David Wagner insists upon playing is we go man for man in the offensive positions. So if you go man for man in those offensive positions what happens is that you leave a lot of spaces in 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 that midfield line um for the opposition to attack and as soon as they get the ball we're not we've i don't think we're fit enough <laughs> which is scary because they came out saying that we were meant to be the fittest team in the league to actually even track back um we have got two really good fullbacks in in um, Giannoulis, albeit he gave away the goal for for Middlesbrough and Jack Stacey from Bournemouth, who have been brilliant. But those centre backs are way too slow to play in that system. And I know that you're going to ask me about Danny Bart and I, I'm I'm happy to speak about him. I think he'll be kicking himself. I think he'll be kicking himself because he does deserve a shot in this team. I'm, I'm stunned that they've not changed either Ben Gibson or, or Shane Duffy. I think they're very, very lucky boys to keep their place in the team. But the I, I was a massive advocate of signing Danny Bart because, of course, I know that he was your player of the season, um, really well-respected, um, you know, real workhorse, someone that's uh, aggressive, that's really strong aerially, um, a, a leader, in my opinion, as well. But... I think he's slow as well. And so really we've signed a player that again is really just another version of. And so I don't think even putting Danny Barton will solve Norris City's problems until we change the way we play. And we're not going to change the way we play because we've got two injuries up front with Ashley Barnes and Josh Sargent. And we are insistent upon going man for man in those offensive positions, which leaves those centre-backs vulnerable. Sunderland will beat us and they will beat us comfortably. God, oh, I'm nervous now.
0: Um, you mentioned about Bart. I thought that with Danny Bart. Look, I love Danny Bart. Um, he was excellent for us last season. But the one time I think he really struggled was with Jokeres because he matched him for strength and he also dominated him for pace, like because he could gallop Jokeres. Um, and the few times he came up against fast strikers, that was Danny Bart's problem. Danny Bart's a leader at the back, he's kind of square head, heads everything out, leader, organizes everything, perfect. But where he probably struggled. And one of the reasons I think they sort of touched on why Luke is playing in center half and we allowed Danny Bart to be sold was because Luke O9's better bringing the ball out from the back. And and he is, to be fair, he's he's better with the ball at his feet. Danny Bart is what you would call a centre half, a defender. That's just what he does. When he went to Norwich, because he was linked to Cardiff and I want to say someone else, when he went to Norwich, I think predominantly a bit like Swansea, a bit like Southampton, you have this idea that you, you always want to play possession based or played out from the back you have during my lifetime anyway danny bart just seemed a bit of like the a, a clash of that so as good as a play reason which is a rating it did seem a weird signing is that one of the problems that like the recruitment's not quite right as well
1: uh yes and no um i think the reason why we signed why we signed danny bart was because he didn't cost us anything number one uh, that's the main reason um and number 2 we desperately needed um d- defensive reinforcements having shipped out andrew roman Bamadelli to nottingham forest and so really danny bart was probably the best as you've called him defender you know that 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 we could have that we could have got at, at the time and that's no with no disrespect to him because i I rate him, and I and I want him to play. I don't think he'll solve our problems, though. But I I do want him to do well. But you know, link to your point about the recruitment at Norwich City, and let's let's compare it to Sunderland. Sunderland have got a young and hungry team that work and work and work down to the ground. Like you know that you know they'll be on their haunches at the end of the game because they will give it absolutely everything. Sometimes you'll lose games, sometimes you'll draw games. You're more than likely win more, more, more than those two options, though, with that team. Um, and that's what Norris City have had in the past. You even look back to recent history, um, you know, young and hungry players. Emmy Buendia, Max Aarons, Jamal Lewis, Ben Godfrey, Todd Campwell. You know, we had a real youthful spirit about us, if you like. What I would contradict myself with is Norris City last season were... Really naive. We were just nice Norwich City. We were so we were so easy to play against, and there was a real lack of leadership because we lost a couple of our leaders in in and, and Timmy Cruel as well. And um, yeah, we we needed to sign experience, but unfortunately, the challenge when you sign experience is if you f- flog them and play them every single game, every single minute, they are more likely to get injured. <laughs> Um, and so, unfortunately, that's that's where you know just one of the, the 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 problems at Norwich City is. I don't think the recruitment was that bad, but Norwich have to be clever because we are a self-funded or shall I say sky-funded football club. So, you know, we don't have an owner that can just go right here. You go his eight million for you know a player that that, that can't happen. Um, and it's just a real saving grace for Norwich City that Johnny Rowe has has broken through this season. Who is an absolutely exceptional footballer and will be playing Premier League football next season, without a shadow of a doubt, whether that's with Norwich City or not. Um, and also Gabriel Sarra, who who is, still, who is still the best midfielder in, in the Championship by a country mile. Um, and without those two players, we would be in the relegation zone by now. And it reminds me of when Farker first took over and we had James Madison The squad was so average. And so it was at the end of a cycle. Sunderland fans will understand that when you're at the end of a cycle and you have one player that gives you a bit of joy throughout the season. And that was him. And then this is what we've got now in Johnny Rowan and Sarah. So, yeah, recruitment is an issue, but it's one of maybe 50 issues that I could rant about all day long.
0: Talks about that um, soft underbelly. And now, look, sometimes Sunderland get accused of that because we are so young as a team. I think we're the youngest in the league or joint youngest. And yeah, you know what? Now you, it comes with that. You can't really avoid it. Um, but I remember the game at Norwich. Like, look, you were overwhelming favourites at the time. I think I predicted you to win 3-1. And I believe you won a really good run of form. And I can't remember what minute of the game it, it happened. And it was funny, the O'Neill and Sorensen situation. Yeah. But it felt like that was just one of our more experienced heads. In 26, 27, which is experienced these days in Sunderland, just got under your skin a little bit and it felt quite easy to do that. Is that an accurate assessment?
1: Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's not surprising at all. That's then that's been that's been just again one of one of many issues for, for Norwich City that that soft underbelly, nice Norwich City. So we had attempted to become nasty Norwich City this season but unfortunately Ashley Barnes has has got injured um, and is mm. going to be out until I think it's going to be late November probably early December um, and the other players that are quote-unquote leaders aren't leading they've um, they're, they're really wimping out at the moment they're really wimping out so yeah <laughs> that's again one of the issues <laughs> Sunland can... honestly, I'm gonna I'm gonna, fans will be like, Oh, that bloody Chris Reed guy, he got my hopes up. But but uh, honestly, you know, go to the game on Saturday, bring your flip-flops, get your deck chairs out. Um, you know, it, it will be comfortable, so comfortable.
0: One thing that does make me feel positive, and I've never feeling that positive with something quite an optimistic guy, but naturally have to be pessimistic with Sunland because of well. A lot of things I've seen in my 37 years of life that would not fill in a half-an-hour podcast, but I'm looking at your away form, and I touched on before you've lost the last two at home. Okay, Leeds and Middlesbrough, not bad teams, but away from home, you've won one game, that was against Huddersfield. Now, you could say, right, what teams have they played away from home, though? And I've seen Rotherham and Swansea, who have been pretty ranked this season. Is there a reason Norwich are not too hot away from home?
1: Yeah, because we play with fair and if we don't play with fear, then fear is injected into those players at half time. Um, and even if it's not injected into them at half time, we will change our shape or our personnel to reflect fear, which then goes through those players and they go, oh, blimey, he's bringing on Danny Barr. I remember we, we were playing Coventry away, who are just so, I don't know how Sunderland fans feel by the way I just think the league is so average I thought the league would be better but I think teams on the whole yeah. have been pretty turgid to average anyway we were playing Cov away and we were we were dreadful we were completely pedestrian but luckily Coventry were even worse somehow we were 1-0 up against the run of play Johnny Rowe standard stuff and then we rather than going and trying to kill the game with players on the bench that could have stretched Cardiff He bought on Danny Barr and we went five at the back and we invited Coventry on and it was a deflected own goal in the end that that meant that we drew that game, which felt like a loss. And so, yeah, away from home, away from home, we play with a tremendous amount of fear and at home, the players know there's so much pressure that it will turn toxic if they don't get it right. So that's why we're not good. (laughs) (laughs) i <laughs> a high moral way. <laughs> Looking at Sunderland,
0: look, I think in the past, you'd be like, when in the League One days when I started this, which players do you have What do you think of Sunderland? And it was Aidan McGee next. And that was it. Whereas to be fair, and it's the first time I've said this in a long, long time since Quinn and Phillips days or Joaquin days potentially. I, I know Sunderland have something that a lot of clubs would, would want. We have a plan. We have, you know, whether you agree with it or not, there's, there seems to be an idea of what we're going to do. And in some ways, we're like a football manager project, like the way that we recruit and things like that. From the outside looking in though, Chris, I know you watch like a lot of championship football. I know you watch a lot of football. What do you make of Sunderland's A, model, and B, how it's working out so far?
1: I'm really, really pleased that Sunderland Sunderland have still got Moba in charge. Um, I think he deserves patience and time. And I think it'd be very easy for Sunderland fans to make the mistake of many clubs and give it the whole, oh, well, we're a big, we're a big club. We're, a, you know, we're, you know, we are a Premier League club. Well, you're not at the moment. And so I think, I think sometimes you can almost try, you can attempt to run before you can walk. And I think you've had that season, obviously, up from League One last season. And I was very impressed I'm equally as impressed now with the recruitment, the way the club's being run, the, the style of football that you're playing, the, the talent that you've got in the door. Um, and yeah, I think Sunderland are on to, are on to a winner. And I, I, I think Sunderland will be, I think Sunderland will get into the playoffs this season. I do. Um, I think you'll get in, albeit maybe just, um, just purely because of the the quality of the teams uh, above um i'm not sure you'll win those playoffs but i think you'll be in them again and i think that's probably fair given the amount of money that you've spent and again you are still in my humble opinion at at almost the beginning of this transition to from from being a league one side you know because by hook or by crook you just need to get out of that that hole (laughs) right and obviously you have to commit to signing certain players to get yourself out of that hole and then obviously you then start from scratch, which was last season in the championship. And now this is the season where you would really hope that you can that you can push on. I just think unfortunately the quality of, of other teams above will 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 mean that you won't go up. Although I would love to see Sunderland go up. Um I am uh, a huge fan of, of Alex Pritchard. I don't think Norwich should have let him go. I think we've spoken about this on your podcast before. Um, and to have him in your team running at defences in the championship is is great. Um, I really respect the fact that you've stuck by and given an opportunity to Patrick Roberts. It was a bit of a gamble, I guess. You signing him on what would have been pretty decent money in League One at the time and is now absolutely flying. You know, you know his home is Sunderland and... Um, at Norwich it, it didn't quite work out, but you knew there was a player in there somewhere. So I respect that. And obviously, I'm obviously I'm really impressed with with Jack Clark as well. I think he's a hell of a player. And and actually, I think, you know, part of Sunderland's you know, biggest challenge that's perhaps on the horizon is if you don't go up this season, are you gonna make reinforcements or are you going to have to sell Jack Clark? Because I don't want to sound like a complete misery, but football fundamentally is broken, and all it takes is one Premier League team to come knocking for Jack Clark on decent money, and there's nothing, there's basically nothing you can do about it. It's the same with us with Gabriel Sarah. What hope in hell are we keeping him this season if we if we don't go up? I'd actually be surprised if he doesn't go in January at this stage. So yeah, I, yeah, on the whole, I, I, uh, when I do my Talk Norwich City podcast, my co-host Jack always. Always takes the mickey out of me because I'm constantly battering and grilling teams. And I, there's probably not a club in the championship really that hasn't had some stick from me. Um, I really dislike uh what's the lad, luke Nine, but he's your, he's your knob, isn't he? Right. And it reminds reminds me of when we had when we had Grant Holt, yeah. When we had Grant Holt, he was on, he was our knob, right? So I get that. Um, but apart from that, tremendous amount of respect for Sunderland as a football club. Um, great supporters. Was really impressed with with uh, their away. T- of course, we we <laughs> we're absolutely miles away from each other, aren't we? And so I think the, you know your away fans were fantastic at Carrow Road last season. I've no doubt they'll be brilliant again this season. Um, so yeah, I've not. I, I really have nothing but respect for Sunderland. Unlike most clubs in the Championship. <laughs>
0: I was gonna say if we get into the playoffs or we win the playoffs, are you hoping it's at the expense of
1: Ipswich? I tried my best not to mention them, but I would absolutely (laughs) love that. I would love that. I would honestly love that so much. You know what? I might even make I might even make Sunderland my second team if that happens. I'll actually like. I'll actually claim it. I'll, I'll put it out there publicly. Right, Sunderland are now my second team. If if you beat it, switching in the playoffs. Yeah, although, to be honest, although to be honest with you, I thought Leeds were going to be in second spot behind Leicester. But mate, the scum are flying. we we're, we're, and that's what makes it even worse for Norwich. We're used to those buggers being being in the depths and darknesses of of the Championship or the or, or League One. You know, so the fact that they're doing everything right you know, makes us even more angry.
0: I did, that did cross my mind and I thought, do I mention it? No, don't mention it. Um, so I did, <laughs> no. I did well not mention it, but I think I know where this is going. But final question is always, I don't know why I bother doing it because I never get it right, but predictions. I think I know where yours is going based on the podcast. Uh,
1: I think, I think, I think we might, we might, we might score because of a moment of brilliance from Gabriel Sarah or Johnny Rowe. So I think we'll get one um but i think this has got 3-1 written all over it 3-0 3-1 one of those score lines but I wouldn't be surprised if it was if it was 4 or 5-1 to be honest with you and it and it and it really hurts me to say that because i normally all say oh yeah cheeky little one nil, da da no chance no chance mark my words no chance
0: i'm going 1-0 late danny Bar on goal <laughs> Uh, just because uh, I get things wrong anyway so I might as well go outlandish but um... you know
1: it would be really interesting to see whether they play him or not because I can see the positives and negatives of that mm. you know maybe may be playing because he knows he knows the, the Sunderland boys he knows the way they play the way they work but at the same time if you play him and it goes wrong he's, he's, he's done the Norwich fans will be like well he's not good enough because he hasn't started yet for us and he's against his former club which of course everyone always plays well against the former club so yeah, that would be interesting to see if Danny Bart starts. Um and if but but also if he comes on late and we change our shape again, then we'll concede anyway. So happy hunting, okay. Summerland fans.
0: I'll take any win. But Chris, really good chatting with you as always, mate. Hope you're well. Um hope you have an awful, awful weekend. But as standard, I'm sure you feel the same way.
1: I will have an awful weekend and uh thank you very much for, for you know this was almost a counseling session for me and i hope that uh, i at least hope the sunland fans have, have got some value from it
0: There is 50 pounds just transferred straight into my bank per session yeah no
1: problem, no problem at all <laughs>